Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Good morning. And it's great to be back, guys. It's really been uh, probably, actually, I think it's been a month. So, you know, it's been busy around here, but uh, it's good. Good to get back together, talk for a little bit, talk about some stuff. Um, I know for me, I mean, like I was away. I was on vacation for, uh, we were in Rhode Island, so I was gone for that. And then we totally redesigned our website. So actually the last two Mondays, that's been like the other thing I've been really working on. Um, the guy who's designing it's a friend of mine, but his baby was due last Friday. I don't think they had the baby at the time of this recording, <laughs> but he was really trying to get it done before, you know, his wife gave birth. So we were really trying to make that happen. So, uh, and I know other stuff going on around here too. So, yeah, yeah. I've been homeless now. Yeah. So that's fun. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I'm living with, uh, one of the families in the church and I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. Um, but yeah, this is a totally different experience, you know, living from suitcase, you know, better than a van down by the river. Uh, yeah. That's so, right. you know, yeah. I'm blessed because re- the truth is it really is a blessing that we have a place to be in the family family that we're living with but uh can't wait until we get into our new place and what's that like a like two weeks a week uh if the mortgage papers get done in a timely fashion it'll be a week and it'll be a week from wednesday oh nice okay so hopefully things are if if the mortgage company keeps it moving yeah so so pray for that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. So nice. And then obviously I know Bulletproof is this weekend. Um, it was just a one-day thing instead of the normal weekend, mm-hmm. but it sounded like it was awesome. Students loved it. I know we talked a little bit, Pastor Jamal, about the speaker and stuff, but felt like it was a great weekend for you guys. Yeah, I feel like it went well. Um, it's like it's it's weird, I think, when I think about like our retreat stuff, usually the, yeah, it's like a weekend thing, but for it to just be like a day was kind of weird, but I still believe that God did some things in, the, in students' hearts. Um, definitely the last service of Saturday, there was, God was moving because, you know, students were responding. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. Um, shout out to my friend, a uh, longtime friend of mine, Chris Davis, was our was our speaker. Today's his birthday, actually, but um, oh, nice. um, he did a really, really good job just kind of making kind of almost like a, a re- great reminders of, you know, what it means to be followers of Jesus and surrendering ourselves to the Lord and the Holy Spirit in that way. So that was good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome weekend for students and great that our church made it free too actually um cool that happened i know there's been a lot of new students coming as well so yeah some cool stuff uh if you're listening i'd encourage you check out the website because yeah there's a lot of work put into that but looks good and um you know freeholdag.com so you can sign up for life groups serve uh you can check out our kids ministry page youth ministry page they look great nice and fresh too um so just saying that because that's why we, I feel like it's the biggest reason we didn't record the podcast. So, all right. But let's talk about um, the Better Together series, being that we haven't met. You know, we can kind of look at it as a whole 
you know, I think when I was looking at the different weeks, I think they all emphasize different things. So let's just go where we go with it, you know. Um, but I think there's a lot of great stuff to talk about. And so just a bird's eye view of the four weeks, really, we did it for the first three weeks of drive-in. And then yesterday we were back in person. But um, Pastor Jeff in week one, I did tune in. I was away, but I did tune in and watch. But I talked about, I know that passage in Philippians 2 about the having the same mindset that Christ has, that he humbled himself, um, and that how we need to have that in our relationships with one another. And then in the second week, talked uh, in Acts 2 and talked about how community is, I loved this quote, community is not simply found, it is formed. Community isn't discovered, it's developed. And I really loved that idea that he talked about. So he said, connection involves gathering in both large communal groups and small relational ways that was modeled by Jesus. Talked about small groups and in Hebrews 10 where it says we should not neglect meeting together. And then I preached week three, which is Life Group Sign Up Sunday, which went really well. We've got uh, about 100 people in groups, which is great. But I talked about, I called it tough love. Um, tough love is needed to overcome blind spots. Grace giving plus truth telling is tough love. And um, we see Jesus full of grace and truth. And so I just gave some kind of tips um, about how to give and receive tough love. So because, you know, when you're in relationships, it's messy. So just a couple, yeah. you know, how do I give it? How do I receive it? That's what's going to happen when we're in a group with somebody, you know. And then yesterday was week four with belonging. And Pastor Jeff read from a number of passages in Acts, but I feel like the crux really of these significant early church figures, Peter, Barnabas, and Paul, that the reason they were advocates for the Gentiles who were different than them, different belief, different culture. So the reason they were able to be advocates and allies and understand people who were different was because they were in relationship and had experience with them. And actually, he even said this, too, um, that Peter had a revelation from God, and then he had an experience. So he actually had both, and and he said this to me on the side, that, you know, we have the Bible. That is our revelation. Some of us maybe yeah. are looking for a revelation, but that is our revelation. Peter had a revelation from God. Hey, you need to, uh, you know, be okay with somebody who's different than you. But then he also had an experience, which looks like you were going to say something, Pastor. No. <laughs> No, I was going to be goofy because his revelation was about food, so I related. As soon as he started talking about it, I'm like, (laughs) okay, now that was my phone, and that was my fault because I did not. But now you all know I have a Batman ringtone. Hey, Um, I heard you talk about food. (laughs) Yeah, so it was was just his dream about food and how God spoke to him through food. So, you know, Peter, I'm with you, man. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, thank God for that because I enjoyed a lot of seafood in Rhode Island and uh, <laughs> glad that we can eat anything we want as Christians because, dude, had lots of New England clam chowder, lots of lobster. I took advantage because I was up there. So, anyway, let's, uh, again, let's take it where we want to go, but let's start with this. I loved um, that quote in week two community is not simply found, it's formed, it's not discovered, it's developed. You know, there's work involved. He quoted Dr. James Emery White. He said, all relationships of worth are products of labor. So I wanted to ask you guys, I had some thoughts on this, but have you found that to be true in your life? Would you say that quote is true when you think about the people who are close to you in your life? You know what's hard is we want relationships to be easy. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, um, and that's really how, if you watch any kind of media, they present it as relationships should be easy. Like it's that moment of like, oh, you're besties and there's never a problem again. Or even with your spouse, it's like, 
oh, you're you're madly, passionately in love, so there's never any conflict or stuff like that. But uh, I think, and then sometimes when things get rough, the first thing we do is throw away the relationship because it is rough. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I think the reality are relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is, whether it's with your your spouse, your friends, or whatever. Uh, do take a lot of work to maintain. And I think that's just the nature of who we are as people. I know sometimes it's easier for us to be like, oh, what's wrong with them? Uh, but I think the reality is if we also think about it like, hey, they have to do a lot of work to re- maintain a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it's a back and forth thing. So, so I guess my point being, yes, I agree with that. You yeah. know, relationships take work no matter what relationship it is. It doesn't just happen automatically and... That's a good point. Yeah, we want them to be easy. We think they should be. That's how I'm. That's how I know I'm really close to this person because it didn't take work, but it's actually really maybe more the opposite. And I would think actually, the closer you get to a person, sometimes the more work it takes because mm-hmm. then it's like you're seeing who the person is for real and not just the surface level. Yes, you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of disagree. I think that there are relationships that actually do come easy and are easy to maintain mm-hmm. and that they do add worth and value into your life. I, I, so I was like, I get what he was saying and I think it's true sometimes, but I don't think it's true all the times. And I think that because of that, we, we need to make sure that we're cautious about normative responses to relationships and what are, you know, outside of the norm. And I think you have to approach each relationship you know, differently and kind of evaluate as such, because I do believe that you do have, or I will say for myself, I'll speak for myself. I believe I have some relationships that definitely formed easy, have been easy to maintain, and they just continue to grow in that way. And that's really awesome. And they add value to my life. Um, but I do also see the value in some relationships that require labor, that require work, uh, and see how those also add worth and value to my life. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there there are people that we maybe find ourselves naturally connecting with who to your point maybe yeah, it it's uh it is easier to have a friendship and they add value like you said. I think of some friends from college I connected with. But I guess I would say that <laughs> it was easy to connect with them, but then yeah, the more we got to know each other, usually by spring break, I wanted to wring all their necks and uh, that was a good week for me to just be away from them. But that's because I loved them so much. Like I spent so much time with them, but that's just a personal example. I feel that it's true when it says all relationships of worth in that sense. Um, obviously, you can think of a spouse, you know, you're going to put work into that. I think of um, this is what I thought when he shared this quote. We have these family friends we grew up with. They're like our best friends. They're kind of like cousins in that way. Um, but my sister and I one time were talking, and and my one friend, we were just talking like, man, would we have befriended them in school if we just met them in school, if like our parents weren't friends and we didn't meet them this way? Man, are we really true friends even? Because I don't know if I would be friends with them if I just was in a class. I don't think we'd hang out. And, and as a kid, you're like, oh, yeah, we're not really friends. But th- like – that's obviously not true it, or that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I'm friends with them and I put in the work of we keep in touch and we love each other and we encourage each other. Like it doesn't matter how we met or what the circumstances are. It's right. am I putting the work in, I guess. Um, that's what I thought of, you know? Um, and I, I guess I'd give one last example actually too. I think of uh, my pastor at my previous church. 
Yeah, and I I bring it up because he said this when on my last Sunday there. So, but he was like, "Yo," he's like, "I pushed Matt hard, but you know, he took he took everything I pushed at him." But I feel like it's funny now that our relationship's different. Now that I don't you know work with him directly anymore, I feel very close to him. I felt close to him then too. But I mean, now that I'm like, oh, we have a history of a little back and forth, a little pushback here and there, some tough conversations, this and that. And so now I actually feel like. Oh yeah, like we're close because we have this history now, you know. Like, so I feel like that's an example to me. So, um, so, so here's another question. Then we're talking about community and being better together. Pastor Jeff touched on this in that sermon. He talked about how small groups offer people a place to protect, connect, and grow. Then when he talked about protect, he talked about being in isolation, um, and how how he used a picture how a lion will hunt an isolated prey. <clears throat> you know, it do, it'll go after the pack, but what's what's the one that's away from the pack and how the devil's described like a, a roaring, a prowling lion. And then in week three, I actually touched on that as well, just that C.S. Lewis himself said he wasn't a people person, didn't really love church that much, but he knew the importance of community because of the danger of isolation. So that is maybe something I wanted to ask you guys. Maybe this is changing gears a little from relationships now. But what's um, what are some of the dangers of isolation? Why is it important that we have we have that in community? We have that accountability. What would you say about that? I think when you're in isolation, I think one of the, ch- the like one of the byproducts of that is when you're not hearing other points of views and you're not you're not hearing like when you read the Bible, it really is a communal act. Like the letters were written to the church, not just individuals, you know, in the new Testament. And even in the old Testament, when you read through a lot of the books, the intent was it to be read in community. So when you read it alone, you may see only one thing within that and get focused in and, and zero in on one thing. But when we, and, and when you're in isolation, that may become the only thing that you get out of that. But when you're in community and others are sharing about their experiences and what scriptures have meant to you, like it really broadens your understanding of scripture mm-hmm. that it goes beyond scripture. It's this really cool thing. Like it can have several <laughs> meanings at once, not, not trying to be hokey or whatever, but like when you read something, there's, there's a surface layer or, or mics when I needed to be, um, you know, when I was praying about it and God spoke to me, it, it spoke to a specific circumstance and somebody else was in a different circumstance and that same scripture spoke to them. Um, like all those things are important for us to hear so we don't get so like tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's really good for us to be challenged in what we think by surrounding ourselves with others who think differently. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying necessarily that's, you just surround yourself with people who don't hmm, be careful. I say this because I think later we might touch on this, but it's important that you surround yourself with other believers. They don't always have to agree with you with what scripture says or your understanding of scripture, Mm -hmm. but to surround yourself with others who are helping you pursue God and are pursuing God along with you is important. You know what I mean? So you can hear different opinions that way and help you to grow and understand scripture. That's a good way to say it because part of maybe part of being in community is you need to be with like-minded people in the sense of we're all pursuing God, Mm -hmm. 
but part of the advantage of community is being with people who have different opinions like you said that challenge you to grow different experiences yeah you know and 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 actually have have been through things that maybe you haven't been through um and understand some things and have a, a different perspective on you do than you do but also like they've gone through things that maybe you you are starting to go through mm-hmm. and they can be with you to be like yeah it's okay we can get through this you know l- let me here's how god worked in me here's how god helped me you know um like all those things are important aspects that if you're alone and there's there's a lot more than that but those are things that come to mind but if you're alone um you're really missing out on the whole like the whole way God set up the church, which is he speaks as father to children, which speaks of family, his uh, brother and sisters in the Lord, co-heirs with Christ. Like it's a very, Christianity is a very family themed um, uh, living object lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. that wasn't by accident that God used that, that imagery, that's that, that language. Um, and family members tend to not do well when they're by themselves. So hmm. that's a great point. That family language. Yeah. I don't know if you had any thoughts, Pastor Jamal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So then kind of going off that too, it's important for us to be together. I thought of this, you know, what are some of the excuses that maybe we make? You know, I feel like you probably could be listening to this just as an example. Like I would be listening to this and nod my head. Absolutely. Um, but then practically maybe I may still not plug myself in or I'll attend on Sundays, but there's a level of vulnerability that I won't allow, you know? So what, what are sometimes excuses we make or how can I sometimes excuse myself out of isolation? Uh, I'm sorry, out of community and I can still isolate myself. How, how do we make, how do we do that sometimes? I've been hurt. Mm, that's a good one. Um, I don't want to hang out with people like if I go to church and hang out like they just don't understand me you know like sometimes we use that um, uh, or <clears throat> I don't know <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to think yeah. of those are the two that you know, like sometimes I've, I, I've heard is well I, I've been hurt by the church so I don't really need the church I can grow my own faith by myself and and the other one's like well I don't want to go hang out with that group I can't really relate to them and they can't relate to me yeah uh, but it's hard to relate to somebody until you you know get a chance to get to know them <laughs> you know what I mean like like sometimes they're like oh I don't have any friends at church we well, can't have friends at church unless you go to church to make that's what friends. that's <laughs> what I think of and especially in youth ministry I don't know about you Pastor Jamal but I felt like I had parents tell me that, well, I, I really want my son to go, but he doesn't know anybody. And I would be like, well, you know, I think a great way for him to get to know people is to come. And he knows me and he knows these three other people. So he actually does know some people. Yeah, but he just doesn't really know anybody. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That sometimes is an excuse too, you know, there. Yeah. I think, you know, I've experienced that. I've experienced that in, as a youth pastor. For, yeah. I've experienced that. I think, uh, so I'm like, Sorry, like I'm a little scattered here because my mind is thinking about like I hear what you're saying in regards to like how can we excuse ourselves out and then I hear Pastor Todd saying, oh, here's some excuses which are definitely excuses. I'm also thinking about the other end of the spectrum about, you know, when they aren't excuses, when they are reality. Mm-hmm. And um, like so 
and I'm saying all this because my, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just thinking from a different perspective, but like community is great. You know, um, we are better together. And I agree with those things. I also agree with an idea of a healthy together because mm-hmm. I feel like you can be together and it be toxic. And that's the reason why people don't want to come. It can be, you know, clicky. And that's why people don't feel like they want to be a part or that they don't or they feel like it's they're not welcome. And when we talk about the church, sometimes, you know, there is a history of that, you know, talking about the church globally. Um, there's a history of that sometimes of you need to look and sound and and be like this in order to be welcome and accepted. Yeah. And then so somebody may experience like what you're saying, Pastor Todd, a hurt that makes them feel like, you know, I don't know if I can step into that or they may experience some angst there saying they won't accept me. And granted, they're making, you know, sweeping generalities about a group of people that they probably have never met before and never had the gave the benefit of the doubt to to learning about and kind of, you know, having interaction to say, oh, well, you know what, this group is different than my past experiences. But I also know that in some Christian circles, we do sometimes have a tendency to become a little elitist a little bit that if you don't, you know, um, you know, if you don't eat Chick-fil-A and you don't, you know, like champion Starbucks over every other coffee, whatever, then you're not really part of this group. And so I, I think there is a, a balance there. So like there needs to be, you know, accountability on the group side to be like, hey, you need to make sure that you're not becoming this toxic little whatever. And yeah, uh, and I say that because, do. right, I say yeah. that just because as a youth min- at, in youth ministry, I experience both. You know, I experience what you were talking about, what you were talking about, Pastor Matt, about parents being like, well, you know, Jimmy doesn't want to come. Sorry. Sorry to use Jimmy's name, but... <laughs> It was a random name I thought it's of. It's not generic, it, but yeah, it's generic. It, yeah, it is a generic name. <laughs> but then I thought about, oh, we we do have a Jimmy. So, yeah. So this wasn't the case with Jimmy though. But um, but you know, so and so doesn't want to come because they don't know anybody. And at the same time, you know, I've had conversations where it's like, hey, Pastor Jamal, we've got some toxicity happening with some of the students here, that is not good. And so you know, just trying to find the balance in both of those. You know, I think that there's an approach to both of those. And seeing them both for what they are, calling them both out is important. And then, you know, pulling on both sides uh, to meet in the middle. You know, as Pastor Jeff has been saying throughout the really throughout this entire pandemic, you know, that which unites us is greater than what divides us. And so if we can make Jesus the focus, um, you know, and start from there and keep that kind of like as the cornerstone, then I think you'll find a healthy approach to both of those scenarios, to the scenario where, um, where there may be some elitism going on and it needs to be snuffed out and nipped in the bud and where there is, you know, maybe some encouragement that's needed for someone to step into community um, before they make a snap judgment about who this group or pocket of people may be. Yeah, and I think we just have to be careful too because the reality is <clears throat> people are people. And... Whenever, wherever there's relationships, people can be hurt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I think, it, yeah, it, it's, <clears throat> it can happen at work. It can happen, and if you constantly quit things because you are hurt, then you don't have the opportunity to 
to see that, you know, people, no matter what walk of life they're in, are flawed. Yeah, I think, when when do you get hurt? Like, usually when uh, you begin to go deeper in a relationship, in a group, or something like that, maybe you share something about yourself, somebody criticizes you, or whatever, and so, but you're right, if you're always walking away, anytime you get hurt, then you will maybe rob yourself of the opportunity to grow personally, or you'll rob yourself of the opportunity to know somebody more deeply. But to Pastor Jamal's point, totally right. Sometimes it's not an excuse. Sometimes it's a reality. So, um, but, but I, I guess I would encourage too, like, Hey, that's what a group is there for to even help in, in those hurts. Maybe, you know, you've been hurt by church people. You've been hurt somebody has made you feel less than I would think of that. I wouldn't want to go to a group because I wouldn't want to feel less than the leader. They're better than everyone. Or yeah. Like you said, elitism, Pastor Jamal is a good word. Like everyone here feels like they know the Bible really well. And I don't know it that well. I I don't want to come here, you know, uh, but being in a group can help if I've experienced maybe a level of hurt like that too. So yeah, those are all some good thoughts. And I think, too, the other thing is we live in a in a culture that loves to be offended. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's another area where we have to be careful because being offended is like a American pastime at this point. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they didn't look at me right. They said something, and I didn't like it, and I didn't like this. And so let's let's shut them down. Let's, so um, I think we just have to be careful about that, that, like, yeah, hurt happens. Um but it's not always the other person's fault. And so actually that's 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 a good transition for this other question I had talking about from week 1 when Pastor Jeff said having the mindset of Christ and the same attitude humbling himself that's how you need to ha- have be in your relationships this is Philippians 2 um have one mind you know be united in spirit and purpose and stuff like that. Um so I wanted to ask this why does it take humility to be in community because I feel like you already what you just said is a partial answer to that, Pastor Todd. But why does it take humility to be in community? Because if we're expecting other people to be perfect, <laughs> like us, we're going to be disappointed because we're not perfect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think humility is understanding that God has been really graceful with me. And so I need to be graceful with others, you know. Uh, but if we come into it with an aspect of where I'm expecting you to save me, if I'm expecting you to be perfect because I need you to be perfect because I'm not, then you set yourself up for failure. You set yourself up for disappointment. And I think the thing is with humility, whenever you come together, you have people with different experiences, people with different upbringings, people with different um, hurts and and wounds all coming together that if you're if you have an aspect of oh I've got it together and they need to get it together to be more like me or I'm expecting them to be perfect I, I think what you're going to find is it's a really lonely world because there's nobody perfect so you need to in some in in one sense I need to allow others to not be perfect I need to come in here and realize they may say something I don't want to hear not every day all the time, but Hey, this may come out of their mouth or whatever. Mm -hmm. I need to allow them the space to grow flip side. I need to come in here with a level of humility that I'm not coming in here to this group 
and I'm going to tell everybody how to read the Bible. I'm going to fix everybody spiritually. Oh, you're struggling with anxiety? Well, I remember when I did. Do what I did, and you won't anymore. Or so, if you have anxiety, where's your faith? Yeah. Okay, so criticizing you know, others it, because it, for like me, this too. isn't a struggle. Right. Yeah. And the idea is, listen, Scripture is clear that God loved us while we were still sinners, mm-hmm. not because we were perfect and had it together. And if God can love us in our crappiest, oh, sorry, worst, <laughs> edit that out, sorry. <laughs> if God can love us at our worst, then then he can enable us to love others when they're at their worst too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So it's it's like that both sides of of I'm not perfect because I needed grace and others aren't perfect and they need grace. And because God has shown it to me, God has loved me, I can love others. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise it really is it's gonna be a lot of disappointment. You know, yeah. no matter where you go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Cool. So some good stuff. Um, again, I guess I, th- I feel like each of these messages kind of highlighted a different aspect. So I have, I have another question, but it's kind of changing uh, direction a little bit again. So just looking at our stuff, see if there's anything else. Um, uh, so, okay. Well, so, all right. Yeah. So let me ask it week for last yesterday. Um, because Jeff talked about belonging again and the apostles and stuff. Uh, love what he said at the end. You know, Jesus set the example, 2 Corinthians 5.18, that that we've been reconciled unto God. He's given us a ministry of reconciliation. He said, Pastor Jeff said, I don't know if there's a more beautiful word in the English language than reconciliation. And um, Actually, yeah, so let, let's stop right there for a second. What, what does that mean, re- reconciliation? I think we know what it means, but, you know, why would Pastor Jeff say that? So he, in his opinion, wow, what a beautiful word! Is there even a more beautiful word? Um, thinking of relationships and stuff. What's reconciliation? Why is that valuable? Or what is it? No. Well, probably because it's the crux behind the entire, our entire faith. You know, that's probably why, he, you know, he made that statement. It's, it's everything hangs on. Everything that we believe hangs on that, the reconciliation of mankind back into relationship with uh, the Father. So, um, as I understand it, reconcile means to uh, make right between two parties. So, um, if, if, if the relationship between us and God has been fractured because of sin, Jesus Christ is the one who uh, gives his life so that we may be reconciled back to the father. And so, um, if you're a believer, yeah, it's probably one of the most beautiful words in, in the English language, because it, it means everything to you and your current status. Uh, if you're a believer with, with God. So, you know, talk about, you know, grace and mercy, um, love and compassion, you know, those things all flow from this place of reconciliation, uh, reconciliation where God restores relationship between us and himself. Yeah, and I feel like by virtue of that, that is extended now to our relationships. And there's hope, too, in maybe a family member or something that there's a broken relationship or a friendship. I think maybe as a believer 
a lot of times maybe you in the back of your mind, you still have that hope. Hey, well, this can be reconciled. God can do work in me. God can do work in them. Um, it's extended now to our relationships in that sense. And that's what God uh, in a community of faith, a community of Christians, I think maybe, yeah, that's what's been expected too. you know, Hey, for us to be able to reconcile unto each other when there's brokenness sometimes. Um, so I wanted to ask this. So yeah, again, he said that ministry of reconciliation and he quoted from Acts 15 where they were trying to decide what to do with the Gentiles. Okay. Hey, they can be believers too. And they said, you know, you don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to do this and this and this to become a Christian. Yeah. Hey, you just have to believe in Jesus. They gave him some advice, but they made this comment. We should not make it difficult for others to turn to God. And pastor Jeff just repeated it. Like for us today, Hey, we should not make it difficult for others to turn to God. And again, I think anyone listening to that would absolutely nod their head. So my question would be, what are some of the ways that we make it difficult for others to turn to God? We ain't demanding, uh, circumcision like one way or the other, or we're not saying eat kosher food or you can't come to our church. Those were the ones that they were dealing with in acts in the early church. But how about today? What are ways that we may intentionally, uh, unintentionally or possibly intentionally make it more difficult for someone to come to God based on your political party affiliation. Mm. That is one of the ways I feel like sometimes stuff. I mean, and that's not just even church. That's almost like that's all over the place right now. You know, if you're not, you don't believe like this, if you don't, you know, see these things like this, then you're not dot, 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 or you're, you are dot, dot, dot. So um, I think that that's, I don't know, that's just the first thing that pops in my mind that's like a right now thing uh, that may be a little bit more tangible for people to understand. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. There's just no questions about that for sure. I think when we expect unbelievers to act like believers, Mm. I think that makes it hard. Um, uh, If like sometimes... Yeah. So I have a couple of different veins here, but I think sometimes when people walk in the door and they don't necessarily have faith, uh, we expect them to just automatically understand faith or mm-hmm. or to have the same morals as we have, you know, without giving a time for God to work in their hearts and transform people. Um uh, I can think of a story of a person who came to the church one day who was drunk and somebody kind of turned him away saying, go get yourself to- together, you know, go get yourself sober and then come back. And I think sometimes like that does not help people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, I also think sometimes how we joke about stuff as believers that we think it's funny and people hear that joke uh and don't always under like i've been in circles where people have joked about masculinity have joked about about people being effeminate and things like that and if you're a person who struggles with some of that stuff and you're hearing people joke about it you immediately feel rejected yeah and so how we joke about things as believers 
assuming that everybody thinks it's funny can really make it hard because, oh, well, if that's what you think about people like me, I guess I don't fit in. Right. You're not a man if dot, dot, dot. Or, and, and, and that's just one that I've thought of because I do hear sometimes, you know, with yeah. the way people talk about that, but it's not just isolated to masculinity. It can be, it can be how we joke about race. Mm-hmm. It can be how we joke about a lot of different things. You know what I mean? That we mm-hmm. don't understand always what people have been vulnerable enough to share. Like we don't always know what people have shared and not shared. So they may be struggling with something that I'm joking about and making fun of. And now I've just closed the door for this person. You know what I mean? I just going off that. I had a, the same thing. A mom in youth group talk about Baba. He, he wasn't coming to youth group. She wanted me to change what date we met. So her son could go. I'm like, well, why doesn't he just come this day? Blah, blah, she had him in this program, and she goes, you know, you know, men, men don't know how to be men anymore. He needs to, he needs to be a man. He needs to learn how to, how to pitch a tent. He needs to learn how to do this. I'm like, okay, I mean, if you think that's more important, you know, then uh, those, to you, masculine qualities are more important than him being in youth group with other kids his age who are wrestling with issues like he's in high school you know he has different questions about the world <laughs> like but way to emasculate your child yeah, yeah i was like i was like yeah it just to me it was just funny yeah, sorry no but, no but, but what but, you were saying it's an it's example like of what you're stuff, saying it's exactly stuff like that and i, I could go like, on okay. and on about stuff like that yeah, because yeah. that really upsets me but but it is the, the 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 idea of like sometimes we think oh everybody thinks like me so let's joke about these things or and then i can say really hurtful things but if i laugh about it it's okay and then we're surrounded by people who are like, that's not okay because that's a struggle I have. And now you've just totally shut me out. So, yeah, but, uh, what, but aren't they just being, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate. (laughs) But I was playing a joke. I'm I'm, I'm, going to play devil's advocate. I would say, but no, Pastor Todd, they're just easily offended. They need to get over being offended. And the offended culture. I I don't come to church. Like I I should be able to be myself. Here's and the thing. Say I've, my, say I've, my jokes and they should be able to like just I've not been be offended the, and not take it that way. I've been on the receiving end of some of those jokes where people have joked about stuff not realizing that there are struggles that I have. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I can't so th- there's two sides to it. Mm-hmm. I can't let their joking prevent me from coming to God. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. On on our end. You know what I mean? Right. On the other hand, people tend to joke about stuff that they really believe. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you don't joke about, you you don't tell a joke of something that you totally disagree with, you know, like, haha, isn't it? I, I can't even think of an example, a good example right mm-hmm. now, but, but sometimes what we really believe comes out in our joking. Mm-hmm. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, maybe they shouldn't be offended by your joke. Cause I was only joking. But on the other hand, um, maybe you need to think about how you would feel if people were joking about your struggles, about your people were joking about your divorce. People were joking about your fears. People were joking about your, like we don't come together to become a target. Y- you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and even, uh, I know you were playing devil's advocate, Pastor Joel, no, but I, I think I about it. Yeah, yeah, I, was just, I just got done saying I was just yeah, trying yeah. to. <laughs> but I'm thinking about it. No, it, no it, but who is it about? It's about you then. If, well, they should get over it because this is how I joke. They should. 
be able to take a joke. They should get it together because this is who I, I don't, why do I need to change? Why do I need to come to church and I can't be myself? Is that what you're saying? And so it's all about you. It's not mm-hmm. about someone else. And what was the attitude of Jesus? He humbled himself. He right. thought of others as greater than himself. And so, and I'm yeah. pretty sure scripture talks about that there shouldn't be coarse joking and, and talk. Amongst yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you kind of got it there too. You yeah. know what I mean? And, 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 you know, sometimes we're really good to be like at saying, well, you know, they're by the grace of God, but we don't really mean that. Like, that, oh, that could have been me if it wasn't for God, but we don't really mean that. But it isn't me. Right. I could have been way worse than I am. But I pulled myself together. But look, I'm a lot better. <laughs> I'm know? not that bad. So, so, but, but for real, they're by the grace of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that, that thing that you're joking about, um, Maybe it's different from you, whatever, but you could have been in that position where not for God, or maybe you're joking about something uh, that you think is funny, um, but it's only funny because you've not taken the opportunity to understand your brothers and sisters and maybe what they've gone through, you know? Is there a correlation between this question that you asked Pastor Matt about keeping people from coming to God? And what Jesus did to the money changers in the temple, you know, because the way I understand that passage of scripture is Jesus sees these people basically preying on, you know, people trying to come to the temple and offer sacrifice unto the Lord. Is there a correlation there, you know, um, between these two two ideas, I guess? Um, And if so, if there is a correlation there. And we see Jesus's response to it. What should our response be then, you know, when we see stuff like this take place? Yeah, well, I think Jesus would feel that those people were keeping people from God, uh, obviously, in the sense of, uh, well, right. My my father's house should be a house of prayer, but you've turned it into a thieves den. Like, like you've made it about making money. And so somebody who maybe does want to get right with God, you've manipulated them now into thinking that they're their relationship with God is fine because you paid them off or, or you offered the sacrifice. That's all God really needed. That's more of a pagan view of God where, hey, this is a house of prayer. This is a house. This, this is where you come and pray to God. This is where God will hear you, you know, and, and so you're keeping them from God. And even the idea of, well, I want to come to God, but now I can't afford to buy the doves that I need for the yes. sacrifice for me to come to God. Yeah. You know, that keeping away. And I think it is, even though a joke is not the same as charging somebody money, but it is this idea of now there's an extra hurdle they got to hop over in order to come to before God that I think is was the whole point of that, um, of of like not keeping people or whatever. And and to your question, what was Jesus's response? It was pretty energetic. Uh, it's probably not the right word, but obviously he flipped the tables and he made a big deal, and um, he wanted them out of there. You know, this can't continue. And so what does that mean for us? I think when we see that from just your question, we need to be able to call each other out. Um, and that's a little bit what community looks like. It doesn't, it, it get, we're, we're so offended. It's, it, I should be able to say, Pastor Todd, I heard you guys joking earlier. And honestly, I'm just telling you on a personal level, I think, I think there may be somebody here who that, they have a hard time with that. Or, or I think right. we can be more sensitive or, Honestly, sometimes I get a little insecure when that topic comes up. Like, 
I'd appreciate like, do you think we can, you can tell the other guys like, let's not joke about that anymore. Like, and you can say, dude, Matt, just get over it. Like, gosh, dude, it's totally not what we meant. We didn't mean it like that. Don't, don't take it that way, but we should be able to be honest and call it out when we see it. You know, I think maybe that's what I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely just at this point, I'm just pulling on both ends of the, of the issue here because, I just feel like I've seen, you know, like I've seen it inter- I've seen it happen, you know, both ways. Like, yo, come on, bro, this is a little too whatever's. Like, you shouldn't do this or this joke is da 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 da. And then I've seen that person, you know, get mad. Like, yo, what man, this place is whatever, man. Y'all too, y'all some bunch of crybabies, you know. Y'all, yeah. y'all and so yeah. But I think you're right. I think you already guys, you already stated it, both of you, I think you make it about I think you said specifically. That person makes it about themselves, um, but that's not the that's not the Christian way to go about it. Just on a side note, I did do the, all the parents out there. I did do your kids a favor because last week our lesson was supposed to be on Jesus flipping tables, and they actually wanted me to have the kids flip the tables. <laughs> yeah, in church. let's go. And the craft was actually a paper table that the kids could flip, and Jesus was on the other side. <laughs> so. You're welcome. I didn't let them do that. <laughs> I didn't teach them that that was a great way to experience the scripture flipping is by tables. flipping tables like flipping Jesus. Tables. Like threw it on the ground. <laughs> Brown, he flips Mommy, the table. look what I learned in children's church. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like Jesus. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, all, and all that to say, too, we're talking about joking and being sensitive. You know, just to say on the other side, yeah, when we want to think about other people. But on the on the flip side, you know, I think... We don't want to take ourselves too seriously. Sometimes we make jokes in church about Christian world, Christian phraseology, the way we maybe worship or take something seriously. And I would say, what I want to say personally is, I think sometimes it's good to not take ourselves too seriously. We got to laugh at ourselves a little bit. Not at the expense of someone else, but at ourselves. I was going to say, I think there's a difference between laughing about some of the stereotypes of Christianity and being like, yeah, this is kind of like what we do. Yeah. As and, and not to be overly critical. Just right. Yeah. As opposed to joking about um uh uh like people and their character qualities or not char- characteristics and joking about people in a way that demeans people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can you can joke about worship songs and how we tend to sing the same thing over and over and over and over and yeah. over and over. Like that's <laughs> not aimed at a person. It just, it's what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's different than talking with a lisp, making fun of somebody who's maybe not your definition of masculinity. Cause one of them is putting somebody down mm-hmm. and one of them is joking about the realities of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah so, yeah. 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 So, uh, last thing I was going to say is this kind of going off of that. just cause I thought of this, you know, even just um, our demeanor and behavior in public, like, and I'll use this as an example because I think it was fine. But last year I started here, you know, we we went out to eat with the young adults on like a Sunday after church. And we were in Olive Garden. It's probably like one year ago. And I've just been with enough Christians in public who are just so ridiculously obnoxious. And they know we're Christians because somebody's got a church shirt on or like we're making Oh yeah, we're sure we're making Christian jokes too. Yeah, you know, that are fine between us, but like they're just being so obnoxious and then they got a problem with the order and this and that. So like I get OCD about that. So we were out with the young adults and I was like, 
don't make a big deal. But, but like, like a few of them were like, yo, Matt, like calm down. Like, you're, like, that's what I'm saying as an example. They probably were fine. But I was just like, guys, I just can't be a group of 15 people that showed up to Olive Garden and had a problem with three of the orders and didn't tip right. And the whole right. time we were right. super loud. Like, I no, like I just can't. And, you know, just to that question of, how, you know, do we keep people from God? I think that's like a simple thing yet. Nobody, yeah, yeah. nobody's going to say, I refuse to be Christian now, but they'll associate. Yeah. Those church people are annoying, you know, and I've worked in those types of places long enough that that is what people will say about Christians. Maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's not true, but I know that people say that about Christians, so I'm not going to give them a reason to right, say that to, to continue to think that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually I just saw <coughs> talking about jokes. Uh, the guy was talking about how bad of a driver he was. He was a Christian, how bad of a driver he was. So he wanted to put the, the Darwin thing on his car so that people wouldn't be mad at him for being a bad Christian driver. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so you, I'd like to so fake it. <laughs> so you, yeah. So, but, but, but sometimes, you know, maybe we do need to be a little bit more aware of how our actions, like we wear our Christian lapel pins or necklaces or shirts or, and we throw out gospel things here or there. And then what we do is in direct conflict of those things you know mm. and we're like well it doesn't mean anything but it does yeah yeah so it's been good we're better together and that's what it looks like when we're in community sometimes like we said uh we can be in isolation sometimes there are excuses we make sometimes they're real sometimes we get hurt sometimes that's just what it looks like in community but that is okay because we can grow we don't want to rob ourselves the chance to grow rob ourselves a chance of being in a deep relationship with somebody getting to know somebody better we grow that way um you know saw some some really great thoughts when it comes to better together so uh you know now we're back hopefully we should be back on mondays again kind of keeping this going um and then uh maybe we could be zoom in a little bit more i know we were a little all over the place so um but We'll say this. Yesterday was the last regular season game for the Yankees. They gloriously lost. They've been playing <laughs> mediocre. This is how they, they had like four stages. They kicked off the season doing great. Then they had they lost 15 out of 20. They were terrible. Like their whole team was injured and they just lost like all those games. Then they won 10 in a row. Like just, you know, steamrolled everybody. And then they went back to kind of like, I think they dropped four to five or something like that i don't remember but it was annoying so anyway there but they are in the postseason they gave up home field advantage but um tomorrow the yankees play so are there the cardinals are in they're in right pastor Mo, you keeping up with them i have not i've been so locked into basketball that's kind of been where my focus has been mm. uh but my team did make it to the finals miami heat let's go nice okay Meanwhile, Elizabeth is disappointed because she's been trying to watch the Eagles the last two weeks, and their game hasn't been televised. Oh, so she's oh. like, and and she's like so like disappointed. So she's like, oh, let's just watch the Mass Singer instead. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you that's know? tough. Well, you know what though? She's, We're like, you can listen to it. She's like, no. She's not. <laughs> listen, I, I, my heart, my heart goes out to her because other. I've a, I'm in a group chat with some other friends who are Philly Philly fans, and it's just not – she don't want to watch those games. She don't want to see that. Well, I think last night they ended with a tie, so at least it was a tie. That's No, that's worse. But 
Well, it's well. She's like, it's better than losing. Well, man. <laughs> so, man, so for all of you who want to watch and can't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of wanting to watch stuff, Pastor Matt, I heard last night you went out to the movies. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Um, it's the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. So I didn't actually know it was in theaters this week. Rebecca's brother texted me, and then it looked like it was only until Thursday. So I was like, yo, I need to watch this like ASAP. So, yeah, it was great. And it was cool because I have, I, I was telling you before this, I have not seen it in the movie theater, obviously. Like, I'm, I've seen uh, the other ones, the newer ones, and episode three I saw in the movie theater. So seeing this in the movies was really cool. I was like imagining what it must have been like when it was brand, brand new. And also, uh, I know the movie so well, but I really was like, man, it really feels like I'm there because it was just like the big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's different than watching on TV. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was there. Like he's like, they're like, they're in the hangar in, in Hoth and they're fixing their ships. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm here. Like it, it was cool. It was definitely really fun. So I went with Matt Maneri and, uh, and Brooke. It, it was fun. When I was at Valley Forge is when they started putting out the the remastered ones where he added in all the extra stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I got to see them all on the big screen with the extra stuff, which is controversial. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the fireworks at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's the one they showed. So okay, dude. Then I went home and you know, in Galaxy's Edge, I built a lightsaber. Uh, so I was like, yo, let me turn it on. But d- the batteries keep dying in it. So I think I read somewhere it has some kind of problem, like, because I replaced, I got nervous. I thought it broke because it fell one time and then it didn't turn on. Replaced the batteries, worked fine. Then I went to do it again and it um, didn't work again. So I think there may be something where the batteries are drained, like, once I put them in, there's supposed to be like some take kind of them problem. Out in between or something like that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe I should just take them out. Like, so disappointed. So I was like, I'm not gonna go through another three AAA batteries for what? Like, you like turn it on two times. I just want to pick up my lightsaber and have it work. Yeah, I paid money for that thing, man. <laughs> in case, I was like, uh, in case I'm Star having Wars. that moment, you know, where I gotta defeat the darkness. I just wanted <laughs> to turn it on, and I'm like, all right, I guess another day. So <laughs> whatever. Yeah. But, all right, everybody. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.